Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Got a all-basketball podcast for you guys today, joined by a very special guest. He was on last season as well to talk about SEC hoops. He is Blake Lovell. He covers the SEC for the 14. You can also go check out their podcast. Um, definitely go check it out. It's got all kinds of SEC basketball and SEC other sports, SEC knowledge overall. But Blake has just been kind of the king of SEC hoops, at least on Twitter, and um, somebody that I've known for a while, and I've always really respected his insight on the conference, especially in basketball. So, Blake, thank you so much for joining us again today to talk a little SEC hoops. Auburn fans be listening to this one on Tuesday morning. They got not bad news because the program is now tied for its highest ranking ever, but definitely expected uh, they definitely expected to be number one, but it ended up being Gonzaga um, just talking about this Auburn team overall just your impressions of what you've seen so far out of this team um, and I guess whether you think they are the class of the SEC right now or is it just a matter of their record at the moment or do you see this team straight up being the best team in the SEC at the moment yeah thanks as always for having me on Nathan I mean it's um, it's one of those things where I mean I'm sure like many people I said this summer that I thought that you know, to me, I looked at it on paper and I think you could have made the case that Auburn and Alabama were going to be the two best teams in the league. Now I do what, you know, we all seem to do sometimes. And I kind of reverted back to Kentucky by the time the season rolled around and said, well, you look at Kentucky, maybe this is it. But I think now you're just kind of seeing it play out the way that I thought it would play out with Auburn, but maybe not as quickly as it, as it has played out in terms of the season. They, they maybe were a team you thought, they're going to get there, but maybe it's the 1st of February. Maybe it's somewhere in there until they really start to turn that corner. But it's just happened a lot sooner. And I think that is kind of the biggest thing that stood out to me is when you have all these new pieces in place, which we always talk about, especially this season now because of the transfers and everything that's going on, you can look at these teams on paper and say, well, they should be good. They, they should be you know, a top 15 type team. But until we actually see this team on the floor – it's really hard to know and feel 100% confident that's going to happen. I always say that. It's like I, I have a hard time having just a completely strong opinion on a team that I've never seen play before in terms of that specific rotation or any of that. It's like you have to sort of take the preseason results and everything, I think, with a grain of salt. But once you actually see this team play, we've seen that they, quite frankly, can be you know, the total package at times. And, and I think that's kind of what you've seen from them. We didn't know about the guard play coming to the season. We were like, all right, how is it going to look with Green and, and Katie Johnson and those guys? Well, they've answered that. Uh, how is Walker Kessler? Is he going to you know, be the guy we thought he could be maybe at North Carolina? Can he kind of reach that potential that, that's certainly there? Well, he's shown that. Jabari Smith, you know what you're getting. This guy's going to be very, very good, but is he going to be, you know, all-American type good? Well, you're getting that too. So it's like, all the questions you had about Auburn are all being answered and they're being answered in a way 
that if you're an Auburn fan, you, you enjoy because they're all being answered in a positive way. So uh, I think that's kind of where things stand. Yes, they're the best team in the league right now. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I think it's Auburn and Kentucky and LSU's probably right there and then everyone else. That kind of is the way I look at it. Uh, but there's no doubt that at the top, you're going to put Auburn right now. My biggest thing I keep coming back to, um, I don't know what it is for you about this Auburn team, but, you know, th- no question right now, you know, I think Auburn fans are kind of realizing over the past few years, they've done a good job of, you know, getting a good perspective on what what a successful season is, um, because I think, you know, the final four happened and then it just was, oh, well, can this, you know, in, in the seasons that happen next, oh, can this team make it back to the final four? And obviously, probability wise, doesn't matter how good you are. You're probably not going to the final four. Only four out of 350 plus, you know, college basketball teams are going to make it there. Um, so now, you know, the focus, I think Auburn fans are doing a really good job this season, especially of, you know, just kind of keeping things in front of them and saying, look, we'll see what happens with that. Obviously, the goals right now are for the SEC championship. But my biggest thing, at least for this Auburn team and the reason why this is the best Auburn team I've seen um, in the regular season is the depth. I'm not sure you, know, you pay attention to the rest of the league. Um, better than anybody. And I don't know if anybody else has this kind of depth. Maybe Kentucky does. Um, you know, I was just wondering what your perspective was on what that does for this Auburn team um, and whether, you know, it's the best in the league in terms of, in terms of their, how deep their rotation can go, because it seems like that's the thing that's gotten them through these games, especially the past couple of weeks, um, mainly going on the road and picking up those two wins over Alabama and Ole Miss. Um, it seems like, you know, those teams have their flurries, but they can't maintain it. Whereas Auburn can just kind of hunker down and they'll know that down the stretch of the game, um, they're going to get production from somebody just because they've got a true nine or 10 man rotation. Yeah. And I think sometimes you know, I've seen the discussion where people, sometimes people think depth is, is overrated. I have never been in that camp. I've always thought that depth is one of the most important qualities for a team because, you know, there's going to inevitably, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be other things where maybe a guy just, you know, isn't playing as well as you thought he would. And, you know, Auburn is an example, right, with Alan Flanagan. I mean, it's like this guy who, you know, you didn't expect him to be out as long as he was. He gets injured, and it's like, man, you know, well, are they actually going to be able to kind of reach that level you think they can? And that's where, I mean, you know, I think in a sense, you know, it's like you you had to force some of these other guys to move into these roles now. And now that he's back, it's like, man, you're getting another a very good player back on the roster. And it's like, well, you've got these other guys who have had to play minutes, um, to fill some of those gaps and now it's like paying off because you just have you know a pretty deep group here that you can sort of mix and match and all of that and and I think there's no doubt I mean that was probably one of the initial reasons that that I thought that you know maybe it was going to be Alabama Auburn and Kentucky one two three in the league because they look like the three deepest teams and yes you knew about the playmakers and and all the guys that you know we're going to get all these individual accolades but you also looked around and said, well, there's that guy that can, you know, fill in that role. And there's this guy who can fill this role. And, you know, I think even, you know, Bruce's best teams there, I mean, his best teams have been ones that hasn't just been about, you know, your starting five or your top three players. It's been about, you know, the, the guys that have come off the bench and made plays like a Horace Spencer or some of these other guys, you know, throughout the years that you just, you've had to have on the floor to be a successful team. And I think this is one of those teams that you're seeing that now uh, in terms of how some of these guys, you know, the different elements that they bring to the table. And I just think it's, it is like, that's, that's always important because it is a grind and a 30, whatever game season, like it's going to be a grind and you're going to have some guys that 
pick up nagging injuries or don't play as well over a three or four game stretch. And you've got to turn to this other guy, but you know, to this point, Auburn's been able to manage all of that um, very well. And, and I think that's one, certainly one of the biggest reasons uh, why they're having the success they're having. Yeah. I mean, I, like you said, Flanagan has been injured, but now it looks like he, I mean, he's at least close to maybe not full strength, but to, to where Bruce Pearl yep. wants him to be um, back in this lineup. And I think that's just the biggest thing right now, talking about perspective on the depth. Their two best players from last season, now Sharif Cooper was great, but he only played 12 games. Their two best players throughout the season were Alan Flanagan and Jalen Williams. Those guys have been really useful in the roles. They're kind of afterthoughts right now, though, when you're talking about this team on the whole. They're very, very important. And Auburn would probably lose some games if they didn't have both of them right now. But like you said, it's just crazy that those guys are coming back on this team um, and they're still a little bit down in the rotation in terms of the star power Auburn's got um, there at the top. We'll, we'll expand to the rest of the league. Um, and kind of get your thoughts, give Auburn fans listening, you know, opportunity to know about other teams. Um, but we'll start with the two teams that Auburn are, is playing this week. Everyone is looking to Kentucky on Saturday. That's probably the biggest home game in the history of Auburn Arena. One of the biggest home games in Auburn history. That place is going to be absurd on Saturday. It's like you said, two best teams <laughs> in the league. But Georgia comes into town on Wednesday. Georgia's v- metrics wise, very bad. But what does Auburn need to do? And what do Auburn fans need to know about with this Georgia team? that could maybe give them some trouble other than the, you know, maybe expected, well, you're looking ahead to Kentucky and it's just Georgia. Auburn's got a lot of Georgia guys on the roster. They got a Georgia transfer. There should be a a lot of motivation, but we've seen it in the SEC already this season. Teams that should not get wins over other teams have been doing it. So what, 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 what do you like about this Georgia team this season and where a lot have a lot of their struggles come from? Yeah, there is um that can be a challenge I think to find uh other than the the look ahead factor. There there's not a whole lot with Georgia that you're going to point to and say look out for that or look out um for this. It's just it's been that kind of season for them. Um I mean, really, I think if you let's say this, if you take away Georgia's win against Memphis at the 1st of December, mm-hmm. um I don't even know like what point you could make right now to say that you know you're going to give georgia any chance whatsoever but the fact they did beat a team as talented as memphis who was going through those issues at the time as we know they were really struggling but because georgia won that game you're like all right well maybe you know even against you know more talented competition they've at least proven in a 40-minute game they can find a way to outscore their opponent Uh, beyond that there's not a whole lot to point to because this is a team that has lost six in a row. Um, you know, that they've lost so many games at home that you felt like, you know, whether that was like Gardner Webb or George Mason or solid teams, East Tennessee State. But the games they shouldn't be losing if you're in the SEC and you're, you know, a Georgia. Um, but beyond that, you know, I, there, there's not a whole lot. I mean, I, the thing is, the one thing I guess you could say is, Georgia's a team that hasn't really, if you go up and down, and I've always kind of found this fascinating about this team thus far, there's not a whole lot to find fascinating, but this is fascinating in that they haven't really been blown out by anyone. Now, you know, they've lost by, you know, they've had some single digit losses. They've lost some games by 15 or so, but like, it's not one of those where they're just to the point to where they just let somebody just run them out of the gym by 30. Um, so what you're saying so is they're due for may- one of those. <laughs> I was going to say, saying all that, um, they're playing at what I think is easily the toughest place to play in the SEC. Um, sorry to, to anyone else that doesn't believe that. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on an Auburn podcast. I've said that uh, for a while now. They're, they're walking into a place where 
it's going to be a big challenge and they're doing it against the best team in the SEC. So yes, uh, they, they probably are due for one of those games where if Auburn comes out focused, I think Auburn could win this game by 30 or more. Um, and, and that's not me over-exaggerating. I just think that that is the gap between these two teams from just a performance standpoint. Uh, beyond that, look, George is an awful defensive team. I mean, absolutely terrible. The numbers speak for themselves. They're not a good defensive team. They're not a bad offensive team, but um, I just, you know, again, there's a lot that to be left to, to the imagination there in terms of uh, maybe where they find any sort of offensive rhythm here moving forward. Uh, but I just think that this is one that if Auburn plays the way they should or even a little bit less than they should, uh, they probably should still win a game like this by by 15 or more. Yeah, and you wonder, you know, I think the like you talked about, the crowd will not be an issue for this one. You know, so much focus on Kentucky and how that's going to be a, a wild environment, but it's a rival. Um, and I think Auburn fans are probably going to be pretty mad about the ranking thing. They'll probably, you know, exercise a bit of frustrations yeah. um, there. But then for me, I, I'm agreeing with you. I think Auburn gets this one pretty handily. The motivation on the team got a lot of Georgia guys. You know, Walker Kessler is a guy that's considering Georgia till the end of his recruitment. Um, KD Johnson will just be the player to watch. Um, yeah. I've talked about it the past few days. I have no idea what this man will do if he goes off for like 30 because he is physically incapable of not turning to the other bench and talking trash after like a three pointer. It just, it, he can't not do it. I have no idea what he'll do to Tom Green or something like that. I just, <laughs> we need like an ISO cam on him this entire game because I don't think, I don't know if he holds ill will toward Georgia. He probably doesn't. He just transferred, but like, I don't, you know, you know, his motivation is going to be through the roof. So he'll be, he'll, <laughs> he'll definitely be somebody to watch. Um, Look into Saturday, though. I know you know, still a few days away, but maybe the biggest game in the SEC so far. The season probably is the biggest game in the SEC yeah. um, so far this season. Like we talked about, it's probably the biggest game in the history of Auburn Arena. We'll see what Kentucky does. They got a, they got they have a tough week. Go on the road to the top two teams in the league in terms of record. Texas yeah. A&M on Wednesday. They've got them on the road, so we'll see how that goes. But just their most recent game, absurd shooting performance, 107 <laughs> points against you know a talented Tennessee team um, at home. They won't shoot that well in the arena, but what is it about Kentucky this season that's making them the second-best team in the league right now? And what if they kind of – it seems like they've kind of figured it out over the past couple of weeks playing a lot better. Yeah, let's call the Tennessee game what it was. It's just an absolutely masterful performance, but it's also an outlier in terms of um, both teams. Tennessee's been one of the best defensive teams in the country, and <laughs> – to give up 107 points, uh, not something you're going to see every night from them. And you're also not going to see Kentucky, I think, dominate the way they did in that game. But if you're Auburn, you're studying that game as much as you can because that shows you just what this team is capable of. And I think that's where Kentucky, you know, coming in, I, I just thought that it was eventually going to work offensively for this team. I know people had their questions about Severe Wheeler, um, you know, and I just always thought that he's such a talented player. He just was at Georgia, sorry to say, like he just was in a spot where he didn't have a lot of help around him and he had to do kind of everything and it just didn't work out well. But you put him on this team and the different things, though, the way he makes his team so much better. Uh, and then, of course, Ty Ty Washington has just been fantastic uh, in terms of just everything he can do on offense. I mean, he's just an unbelievable playmaker. But you add all that to say that they've got what I think is the biggest, most animalistic. I think that's the best word I've used so far to describe Oscar Sheeble. Like this guy's just an animal. Like I, I, you have not seen many people play the way that he plays. And 
Um, I just there. I don't think there's anyone in college basketball that can match the way he actually plays on the floor in terms of his scoring and rebounding and everything he does to disrupt a game. And so that I think is going to be the biggest challenge in this is, you know, Kentucky won that game against Tennessee without even him even really having a great game. I mean, he was for, for his performances, that was on the lower end and they still won by almost 30 uh, at home. And that shows you kind of the complete balance you're starting to get from this Kentucky team. Uh, and it's really happening on both ends of the floor. It's not just on offense. Like they are starting to become a complete team on both sides. And that is a scary thought for everyone else because um, when they're on, I think that, like I said, it's them and Auburn and everyone else when both teams are at their best. Uh, and that's exactly what you want heading into a game like this. But there is something to, I think, the point of, Tuck hadn't played a lot of road games this year. And the ones they have played, they've lost, uh, minus the Vanderbilt one, right? Like they have not, they didn't play well at LSU. They didn't play well at Notre Dame, you know, a month ago. Um, even the neutral court game, I know they beat Carolina, but I, I think at that time that was another one of those where Carolina was just kind of in a bad spot. And, um, you had one of those games from Kentucky where they almost put up a hundred offensively, this team can be scary. And I think that is something for Auburn to where, you know, if for some reason you aren't able to get a, a Shibway in foul trouble, or, um, you have this offense kind of flowing the way that it's flowed, that's going to be a challenge. But at the same time, the way these two teams match up is, you said it, I mean, this is not going to be one of the best, just the best games, I think, in the SEC this year. This will be one of the best games you've seen in college basketball this year. Um, but I think the element that you look at is Kentucky has not played great away from home. And you know what? I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but would I be shocked if after such a huge emotional high of beating Tennessee the way they beat Tennessee, if Kentucky goes into A&M on Wednesday and plays a Buzz Williams team that – Usually not easy to, to prepare for in terms of the style. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a game that's close, perhaps the entire way. I don't know if I'm going to pick A&M or anything to win, but I think that is something you look at when you talk about the look-ahead game uh, with Kentucky. But if both teams go into Saturday at their best, um, I think this is just going to be an unbelievable college basketball game. As you're talking about Shibwe, um, I'm just pulling up the stats here. Uh, top five in scoring in the league, uh, the, the best shooter in the league in terms of field goal percentage, 62.2. That's almost 10 better, 10% better than Colin Castleton. Top rebounder in the league, more than five rebounds better than Colin Castleton. And he's also in the top five um, in block. Is he the player of the year front runner right now in the SEC? It's two, and it's it's Sheepway and Jabari Smith. I don't think there's a close third at this yeah, point. Right. I, and I, we, we, yeah, I mean, I think that's it, right? Like, I don't think you could pick anyone else at this point. I, I think if right now, if you had to vote, I think Sheepway would get it just because, like you said, I mean, you just look at the numbers and Jabari Smith, as great as he's been, there are still, you know, it's like there, there are still some performances with both guys. You just look at and you right. shake your head, but I think Sheepway's probably had more of those just in terms of, you know, the games he's had 20 something rebounds or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I think right now he'd probably get the nod, but I think it's, I think it's one A and one B uh, with those two at this point. Yeah. Jabari's in a situation where I was thinking about that the other day about the, you know, whether he would be in contention for that, like a serious threat down the line. And obviously he will be, but just, you know, that you watch Auburn play, sometimes they're just going to somebody else and sometimes somebody yep. else is just feeling it, which is crazy to think that, you know, he might be the best shooter in the country. Um, but sometimes the offenses work in other, other ways. Or it's like in Tuscaloosa on Tuesday when you can just give it to him and he can score from anywhere and he's feeling it and, and really not able to miss. So, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how many more of those kinds of games. Um, it's tough to not see him score in double digits all the time, 
Um, but it'll be interesting to see how many you know, 20 point games he gets down the stretch here. Um, you kind of, you brought him up there. Um, obviously the surprise of the SEC so far, Texas A&M is sitting at four and not picked super highly, um, in the league. Reminds me a little bit of that Auburn team that won the SEC regular season after being picked to go four and 14 in the league. I'm not, I don't think Texas A&M was that bad in the preseason. Um, I can't rack my brain for exactly what they were. Um, but is that the biggest surprise looking at the SEC at large? Is that the biggest surprise for you in the league so far? I think Arkansas was kind of iffy there. Seems like they've maybe gotten it together. Um, and kind of what are your overall impressions of the league so far as we're now entering, you know, third week of January? Yeah, a and is the biggest surprise at 4-0. I, obviously, their schedule has has been manageable, to say the least. Um, they've had a very favorable schedule, and I think this next week, we learn a lot more about them. They got Kentucky, then at Arkansas, at LSU coming up after that. And they go to Tennessee, I think, a week after that. So it's like their record could kind of go the other way in a hurry if um, they're not as good as maybe you know their record shows right now. I, they, they've been the biggest surprise from that standpoint. I think Arkansas while has been a big disappointment to a lot of people, I wasn't as high on Arkansas coming this season because uh, I just looked at it and said, wait a second, there's not a Moses Moody, there's not a Justin Smith, uh, and I don't know exactly how that's going to turn out, um, you know, with, with just the roster constructed the way that it was and, you know, chemistry and all that stuff, as we said, you just never know. So they've been a little disappointing. I think Florida's been disappointing, although, unfortunately, I think that's kind of been a theme uh, consistency-wise. They just haven't gotten it together, but they play a tough schedule too. Uh, to start SEC play. So I think they're one in three records a little bit uh, deceiving just in terms of the schedule they played. Everything else has kind of played out the way you would have thought. Mississippi State's probably that team that I think if you want to circle right now, who's that team that could really, you know, perhaps even challenge for a title or uh, has is going to be one that you just don't want to play. I, I think they're going to fall in that category the rest of the way because they've got one of the best players in the league and Iverson Molinar. Um, so, I mean, certainly I think the other big surprise is LSU's defense. I thought LSU would be good, but I, for them to be the best defensive team in the country, perhaps, Will Wade's teams, if you watch them play there, they have been all offense and very little defense, um, and now it's like flipped. that They are just all defense, and it is incredible to watch them play on that side of the floor. So uh, I know for Auburn fans, you know, maybe it didn't look that way in that game a couple of weeks ago, but they are spectacular on that side. And if they can kind of get healthy, which that's been kind of an issue, of course, they lost to Arkansas without Xavier Pinson. They can get him healthy. I think LSU is going to stay right in that mix, but that's definitely been one of the other uh, big surprises for sure. Yeah, I mean, the, held Auburn to 70 points at home. I, still pretty decent yeah. defensive performance. And you look at how Auburn shoots inside that arena occasionally. Um, Blake, one more, and then we'll let you go. Again, really appreciate you um, coming on. Just you're looking at this Auburn team specifically over the next you know month and a half until the regular season is over. What are you looking for? for them to con- either continue to do or improve on what are the things about this team that they need to lock down to give them, like we talked about teams competing for a title. They're right up there in the first place spot. What do they need to do down the stretch of the season to, in order to retain that and win their second regular season championship in the last you know, four or five years? Yeah. Some other people have pointed out, and I think it's a, it's a good point, but I think you have that sometimes with teams like this is I think when you, you get in these close games, shot selection becomes so important and I think that's something that I've seen other people point out at times um, in terms of maybe knowing where the ball needs to go in some of these scenarios in close games. So I think that's there, there's something to that. I think at times a little bit overblown uh, because I think, you know, we saw that too with, with the, the Jared Harper teams and those. I mean, you have guys who can make plays and sometimes maybe, you know, that, that can be a good thing. It can also be a bad thing sometimes just because you want to make that play if you're in that position. So 
that is something I've seen, but I don't really, I don't know if that's a huge thing to me uh, that I'm saying right now that's going to derail their season or anything. I think that's way overblown uh, if you're going that far with it. But really beyond that, I mean, I think this team, they've just got to keep playing the way they're playing, especially on defense. I think that that's just such a huge part of what they do, and it makes things so much easier on the offensive side. So I think it's really just how do you continue to see this rotation shake out? Uh, let's say Jabari Smith doesn't have those games, you know, that are just to the tip top level. Um, you know, can everyone continue to kind of be around? And, and if he has an off game here, they're against a good team. Do they have enough to step up? And I think they do. It goes back to the depth conversation we had. So there are not a lot of things that you kind of point out right now. And I feel like you're just, you're looking at it and saying, uh Oh, that could be a problem. I just don't see that with this team. And I think that puts them in a pretty good position here as they move forward. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see down the stretch, how things play out. Um, in the SEC, <laughs> definitely near the top. It's been, uh, you know, over the past few seasons, it's been, it's been a, it's been a fight down to the finish. And so can Auburn hold on to that top spot? Certainly Auburn fans think this team is the most talented they've ever seen. Um, it's certainly the best Auburn team I have seen in terms of what they do in the regular season. So looking way ahead to March, trying not to do that at this point. I'm trying <laughs> to not pay attention to that, trying to just focus on the SEC right now. So, uh, thank you so much, Blake, for, uh, for coming and joining us today. You guys can follow him um, on Twitter at the Blake level. Again, covers college basketball, SEC basketball for the 14. You guys can check it out. Southeastern14.com. He's got predictions for every game, podcast, all that kind of stuff. Thanks so much to Blake for joining us. If you guys enjoyed the podcast today, please leave us five-star review. That's the number one thing that helps us out. The intro and outro music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next episode, you guys have a good rest of the week. We'll talk to you all later. Thank you.